0: Hey everyone, it is Dr. Brad Poland here with the Strong Back Docs podcast. I am going to be doing this podcast solo, not because Dr. Reed is unavailable, it is just because it's actually pretty late at night and I have some things on my mind that I feel like are worth sharing to my fellow clinicians or any who is interested in healthcare in general, um, and I just didn't want to wake them up and disturb them in that sense. Um, so this episode is really going to be focusing on research, right? And why is research good? Why is research bad? The pros and cons of research, everything like that, and how we can apply the studies conducted in the laboratory to clinical practice. Now, before I decided to become a chiropractor, I was training for my PhD. You know, I, I was, I'm all but dissertation. Uh, so what that means is that I've, I've done my coursework, I've done my proposal to my th- committee, but I just didn't finish my dissertation. And for me, it was just more of a realization is that as I'm going through my rotations in these different labs working with these amazing professors that I just didn't want to sit in a cubicle or in a lab and look at data all day. I wanted to do something that was more meaningful and more impactful that I thought was going to help people at a larger scale. Now that's not to say research doesn't help people. It absolutely does. It's just for me, I it just wasn't something I could see myself doing for 30, 40, 50 years. Now, kind of getting back on trail with research and how it affects clinical outcomes and whatnot. Um, a lot of what insurance will reimburse off of for practitioners is evidence has to be evidence-based and backed up with research. And a lot of colleges are training in that approach, which is phenomenal. you know there is this, this aspect in healthcare called evidence-based care and is a triage if you will, of three different pillars. One is, what does the most current research suggest? Then there's also clinician experience, and then patient want and needs. And every one of those aspects is backed up by some paper that's published here or there. Now, what all that comes down to at the end of the day is, which one do you prioritize when it comes to helping someone get better? With the low back pain, the neck pain, what have you, and how I approach it initially when I started practice was that clinical research was the best thing out there, and then it was going to be patient one needs followed up by what the what my experience came through. Now, as I've matured myself into a into a clinician with more practice underneath my belt, with much more experience it's shifted significantly in the opposite direction. So now it's more of based on my experience as a clinician, what I've seen works, what I've seen has not worked, and then what the patient wants and needs and what the current research suggests. Now, before I have a lot of students come after me and say that I'm not an evidence-based clinician, just hear me out for a minute. What I'm going off of, from this aspect mm-hmm. is going to be real-world experience as in a, as in a notion of what the patient really wants and needs, right? Now, there are some things that I will follow research to the ends and overs. Like, there's research suggesting that if a patient goes and gets an MRI of the low back and they see disc bulge, there's about a 75 to 85% chance that they're going to have low back surgery. That's unnecessary. That's going to be a cost burden, most likely putting them into some sort of financial uh, issue that they're not going to be able to dig themselves out of. That's something we want to avoid 100% of the time. Now, there's also research out there that says chiropractic and physical therapy helps people with low back pain from taking an opioid prescription. Again, following the basis of that. There's also research out there that says rehabilitation with exercises is going to be one of the best ways to help treat low back pain. But let me ask you this then. Based on that research, that is the truth. But if a patient comes up to you and says, I don't want to do exercises and you try to force them to do exercises, based on what the research suggests, it says that the patient is not going to get better, and you're just going to waste your time and their time. So what do you do? Do you not follow what the research says about how rehab helps patients, or do you force them to do the exercises, and then have that aspect of a negative outcome? Excuse me. So what I'm trying to make, and trying to instill in a lot of, interns that I've had throughout the past few weeks, picking my brain about practice, asking me how they can approach patient-centered orientation and care and whatnot is, you know, you really got to follow your gut and kind of see where it takes you. Some things research isn't always going to back up. You know, the, re- the reason why scientists perform research is to reduce uncertainty. Are they able Are they Oh, are they ever going to be able to find one hundred percent truth in something? No, they're not. You know, there's some things that they're never going to be able to prove one hundred percent, and that's just the cold hard, cold hard facts of research. That's why that you know, if you're dieting of whatnot, you have a cal- calorically, you have a caloric def- deficit, and then let's say you're also taking weight loss pills. Well, which one is is causing you to lose weight? You know that's what research really looks at. They look at one of the two. They don't really look at a multifactorial aspect because that requires a lot of data, a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of people just really don't have time for that kind of study. Now, going back to the whole research thing, if you're, you know, if you're in clinical practice and you're doing something, and then research comes out that says, hey, you know, there's probably a probably good chance that what you're doing isn't right. Like an example of that is for years, years. Years, practitioners are using electrical stimulation to help reduce pain, uh, and saying that it helps helps reduce uh, the infl- inflammation and pain relief and whatnot. Um, but research is coming out saying that, well, those with chronic pain, you're not really doing much at all with it. But people still use E-stim for chronic pain patients. So is 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 that ethical? Is that right? You know, that's that's kind of a debate for everybody to use. You know. Some of the research coming out is saying that you need to use uh, some sort of counseling therapy to help with chronic pain because it's more of a psychosocial issue rather than a physiological aspect. So, just so the message that I'm trying to get across to everyone, if you will, is more of research evidence based models. They have their flaws, you know. Now, I'm not saying that. And if anyone follows the chiropractic profession, there is this huge quarrel between evidence-based chiropractors, like heavy, heavy, heavy research-based folks, and the folks who are the innate-driven vitalistic practitioners. You know, I, I feel like to be a, a well-rounded clinician, you, you, whichever approach you take, you're going to help the person at the end of the day because they're avoiding surgery and they're not taking a prescription or opioid to help deal with pain. And I say, regardless of what profession you're in, that's a win-win. But I don't think it's wise to steer hard one way or the other because you're narrowing your mind into thinking that your way is the best way and you're not really open to different ideas from what other practitioners have done from their experiences in practice. And, you know, I hate to admit that I was the same way when I first came out of school. But I've slowly matured, I'd say, into a new practitioner that is more open to different ideas, to different approaches, and how to help patients. You know, I had a great mentor, an undergrad, who always told me, you know, one plus, um, you know, one times two is two, and so is one plus one. You know, there's, there's, more, there's more than one way to get the right answer, and having that mindset will really help you out in the long run it's going to save you from stress from trying to make yourself feel like you're this great person but it's also going to at the end of the day ultimately help the patient you know so if you decide to do e-stem rehab exercises and adjust them everything like that or if you just a straight adjuster regardless of what you're doing you're helping the patient so all right that's all i have for you guys like i said at the end of the day with this kind of podcast it is just getting across the message that research has its limitations you can't control everything inside of a lab with real world experience and that research is made to be disproven every now and then which is why research's main intention is just to simply limit uncertainty and clinical practice helps remove that uncertainty. All right, you guys have a great night. I appreciate you guys listening in. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you later.